0: Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. Uh, awesome to be back with you guys, as always. Uh, we are entering spring training mode here, and that is really exciting uh, news, uh, just for any of us baseball fans. Uh, it is, you know, the, the weather's starting to turn a little bit, especially if you're in the southern states, uh, and it's definitely turning in Florida. Uh, maybe it never turns, it just stays warm down there, But but it is great to see the Braves out in full force, at Spring Training. Uh, this episode is not going to be focusing on anything really Braves news specific because there's not a lot of Braves news going on right now. Uh, the only thing I can tell you is almost all the Braves have appeared uh, at Spring Training at their Northport site. Um, the only guy that I'm aware of who is not there is Marcelo Zuna, which maybe does not surprise anybody. Uh, now, the way that baseball works now, pitchers and catchers always show up earlier. Uh, Some of this is because I guess it takes pitchers a little longer uh, to get ramped up and get ready for actual games. And you want obviously the catchers to work, be working with them on that. Uh, But now it seems like, you know, a culture shift has happened in baseball where most of the position players will, will show up early as well, even though, you know, they have a specific set date that they have to arrive, but most of those players, do show up much earlier as soon as they can that is a change that uh, that didn't used to be and now it is uh, so technically Marcelo Zuna doesn't have to be there uh, but everybody else is so now it's kind of obvious that uh, a guy that has been underperforming for two years who who has uh, you know he obviously has been had a DUI arrest all this stuff has been happening to Ozuna. you would think that he'd want to put his best foot forward, show up early, show up in shape. Maybe he'll do that, but uh, but he's not there now. Whereas everybody else is and putting in work. Uh, so doesn't look great on him. Another reason I'm I think Ozuna is kind of a black sheep among the Braves. It just doesn't quite fit in uh, with their culture and clubhouse. I still think that it's likely he gets booted. Even, maybe even before. Um, before the season begins, or at least early in the season. Uh, It would be great for the Braves if he showed up and just started crushing the ball and had a bounce-back season, but I just don't expect that to happen. But nonetheless, other than that, not a lot going on for the Braves. Uh, Our next episode, a week from now, will be more specific on or focused on the on-field stuff. Uh, I expect more news to be coming out. Perhaps the Braves will add a couple guys or or drop a couple guys or that sort of thing. And we'll also be able to start watching some spring training games, which will be really cool as well. But nonetheless, what today's episode is on is kind of special baseball movies. Uh, now, this uh, episode came to my mind because the Braves PR department put out a short video this past week asking some of the Braves what their favorite baseball movie was. And, um, I'll share some of those with you, uh, at the end of this, uh, episode, but it just made me think about, man, let's, let's dive back into, uh, some of the great baseball movies of all time. And I'll give you my basically top 10 list. I'm going to talk about a few more than just 10, but, but I'll give you my list. And I expect that many of you guys will disagree with my list. It is subjective Uh, Obviously, everybody has their opinions on movies. Uh, I am a a big lover of movies, generally, so this is, along with baseball, it's kind of right down my alley, Um, but let's get into it, Uh, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to start with the best of the rest, so these are ones that maybe at least at some point, uh, you know, I appreciated, or I do appreciate, but they don't quite make my list. And I'm not going to dive as deeply into these movies. Um, the first is Angels in the Outfield. I grew up with this movie. You know, I was a kid when that movie came out. Uh, it's a it's a fun little Disney movie. Uh, but, uh, you know, I probably outgrown that movie a long time ago. And uh, it's definitely one that doesn't have the same, you know, there's some movies uh, with kids and that sort of thing we'll get into in a minute. That, that do have staying power, and and even as an adult, you can appreciate it and, and go back and watch it. But Angels in the Outfield is not really one of those. So um, The next one that I'll mention is Bad News Bears. I think this is one that, particularly if you had asked people 20 years ago, it would have made a lot more top 10 lists. And I think probably if you're a little older, if you're in your 50s, you probably connect with this movie a little bit more, It uh, maybe even in your 40s. It came out in the 70s, I think, late 70s. So it might be one that has hasn't aged quite as well. It's also a pretty crass movie if you go back and watch it, but um, nonetheless, uh, it it is also pretty pretty cool baseball movie. But but not one that made my list. All right, and then the last one that I'll mention is Moneyball. And I thought about this one. I, I do think it's a really well done movie. It actually several Academy Awards uh, were, uh, I think it was nominated or even maybe won a few Academy Awards. Uh, so it's a very well-made movie. Uh, I think it's a little revisionist in its uh, retelling of just how great Billy Bean's Moneyball was in Oakland. It ignores some things that Oakland had going for it when it won that division. Not to say that Billy Bean didn't change baseball with, with his methods of, of analyzing talent and and that sort of thing. Uh, so it is it is a good movie and it's well-made and I do appreciate it but it just missed uh, making my list alright so I'm going to give an uh, one honorable mention movie before I get into my top 10 and I'm doing it mostly because it's a lesser known movie that maybe some of you haven't seen and uh, but I I like it I will say that I have not seen this movie in a long time Uh, I tried to find it on one of my streaming services and it wasn't available and I didn't want to pay money to rent it so I haven't seen it in a long time. So you might go back to this and say, man, what was he thinking? This is horrible. (laughs) But I remember way back in the day when I watched it, liking it. So this movie is Mr. Baseball. So Mr. Baseball was made in 1992, starring Tom Selleck and Dennis Haysbert. So Dennis Haysbert, you might know from the Allstate commercials, has the great deep voice and everybody knows Tom Selleck, right? So in 92, I mean, this is prime Tom Selleck years. So, uh, Selleck plays a former MVP for the New York Yankees, but he's in his waning years and he gets traded by the Yankees to a Japanese baseball team. And he kind of has to uh, figure out Japanese culture, uh, his, you know, him and his manager uh, just totally don't see eye to eye. They have this like rough relationship and he has to figure out Japanese culture and Japanese baseball and, and he really has to humble himself to do it and try to get better and try to get back to the bigs. And, you know, there's a there's a love story surrounding it and there's other things that are happening uh, in the in the movie, obviously. But I always thought that uh, Tom Selleck was believable as a, uh, you know, major league first baseman. You know, he's got he's he's a big dude. He's got the mustache. His swing looked pretty good. There was just a lot of aspects to it. And it was kind of unique because it was depicting uh, Japanese baseball instead of American baseball. And I'm not sure it did all that accurate of a job doing that but it was still I still I still think it's kind of a unique um, baseball movie uh, compared to the the rest of my list so I wanted to at least mention it uh, no it doesn't quite make my top 10 list but it was it's a movie that I've enjoyed in the past all right number 10 a league of their own um, this is a pretty well-known movie all of these are well known but this one I think particularly uh, this came out in 1992 as well. Uh, starring Gina Davis, Tom Hanks, Madonna. There's a ton of people in this movie, even some big-time actors that make cameos. So it's a tremendous cast. I would say it's a very well-written movie, great dialogue, uh, and the story is it's, it's the story of the first female professional baseball league that formed during World War II, when a lot of the you know male athletes, uh, baseball players, had to go overseas and fight World War Two, including, uh, you know, famously, Ted Williams uh, was just one of them. Uh, and so because baseball, men's baseball was so decimated, you had this women's baseball league startup. And this is, you know, when it came out, this movie was really popular. Well, it was popular for a lot of reasons, but one reason was it was so intriguing. It was a piece of American history that not a lot of people, you know, a lot of people didn't remember this, uh, that it happened. and uh, And then on top of it, very well written, very well acted. And, um, this is kind of Tom Hanks, uh, coming out party because he, uh, he had never, you know, he was not a, uh, um, major movie star in 1992. And actually the next two years were his greatest years. You know, he wins back-to-back Academy Awards for, um, uh, Philadelphia and, uh, and, um, why can't I think of it? Forrest Gump. Gosh, yeah. So, anyways, he wins those two Academy Awards, and uh, you know now he's one of the biggest movie stars probably in history. But he really does steal the show in this movie, uh, in a lot of scenes that he's in. Of course, his one very famous line, "There's no crying in baseball," comes from this movie. But again, from all the ladies that were in this movie, um, you know, there's just a lot of great performances and uh, pretty unique baseball movie to say the least. So definitely one that is enjoyable um, for all people to see whether, you know, whether people in your family are baseball fans or, or, or whatever. It's a fun one to see. All right. My number nine movie is 42. Uh, This came out in 2013 starring the late Chadwick Boseman and um, of course the great Harrison Ford. This is the story of Jackie Robinson breaking baseball's color barrier. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, you hear this story every year, and it's obviously, obviously, an incredibly important story, not only for baseball history but for American history, and it's one that we should be reminded of um, consistently. But it's really cool to see the movie and not just know the, you know, the surface level story, but to really see what he truly had to go through uh, in combating all the racism of the time. You know what he had to overcome, in a day out day you know day in day out basis, uh, and it's is pretty inspiring. Particularly, you know, I think what I appreciate about Jackie Robinson more than any is just that he he played in the face of all that hatred. He played with dignity, with honor. He never lashed out at people, though I'm sure um, it would have been easy to do. Um, but tremendous character of the person to to go through that. And uh, just an incredibly historically significant movie. This is also one I kind of want to go back and watch. It's probably been at least a good five plus years since I've seen this movie. And so maybe when I go back and watch it, it would, it would go up my list uh, a little higher. But, but right now I have it at nine. All right, number eight, Pride of the Yankees. This came out in 1942. This is the oldest movie on the list. Uh, it's starring Gary Cooper and, and Babe Ruth. Yes, Babe Ruth is actually in this movie playing himself. I have to admit something to you guys, you know, in doing a little bit of research for this episode, um, I had not seen this movie, but I wanted to go through as many, uh, you know, a list of as many baseball movies as I could just to remind myself in case I was forgetting one. And I kept coming across pride of the Yankees. I mean, I was familiar with the the movie and the title, and of course it was about Lou Gehrig. Um, but i had never seen it and probably just because it's such an old movie uh, you know, black and white and all that. So I went back, I took the time to watch it. It's on Amazon, by the way, if anybody wants to go out and see it, but um I'm glad I did. It was uh very well done. Now I mean it comes across as as older movies do, right? It's a kind of a different style uh in which the story is told. But um Pride of the Yankees is basically the life story of Lou Gehrig from you know his early years uh to um to you know him fighting his battle with ALS and you know, it's, it's sad, but the movie doesn't really spend a ton of time on that. Uh, the, his back end struggles. Um, a lot of it is fun and just a part of a lot of his life successes The the coolest thing to me about the entire movie is the fact that Babe Ruth is in this movie. He's in several scenes playing himself. Uh, this is about the, I had to look the, the movies made about five years before Babe Ruth uh, died. You know, he died of, I think, throat cancer, mouth or throat cancer. But uh, but he's in it and uh, does a, actually a great job. I mean, he's very engaging. I think Babe Ruth probably uh, was in a lot of movies in his day, or at least appeared in a lot of movies. So uh, he comes across very well, and it's just kind of cool to see him. Uh, but this movie just helped to remind me the greatness of Lou Gehrig, uh, the fact that obviously his career was cut short, by this disease as his life was cut short by this disease. Uh, but it just reminds you he was the iron horse. I mean, he's the guy who, you know, Cal Ripken Jr. broke his record of 2,130 consecutive games. And, of course, there's irony in that, a bitter irony, um, that the only thing that um, could keep Lou Gehrig off the field was this debilitating disease. But he is the greatest first baseman of all time. Uh, his average war season, this is amazing, his average war season was eight and a half, 8.5, 8.5. Uh, Freddie Freeman, um, you know, you guys know I love Freddie Freeman. He's never sniffed one season of 8.5 eight war. Um, so it's just tremendous how, how great Lou Gehrig was. All right, my number seven movie of all time, Rookie of the Year. Uh, this came out in 1993 starring Thomas Ian Nicholas. And Gary Busey, that's right. The great thespian Gary Busey is in this movie. Uh, so, Rookie of the Year is about a little leaguer who breaks his arm. Uh, he has it cast up for a while, and the the tendons and ligaments get really tight while he's in this cast. And when they pull pull it off, suddenly he can throw hundred miles an hour. And there's this great scene where you know he's at Wrigley Field, this Cubs fan with his two buddies, and you know, a home run gets hit. And just like Cubs fans do, he throws it back on the field. But instead, he just rifles it all the way to the catcher from the outfield. And suddenly, you know, the Cubs are trying to get him, I guess, get him a contract. Uh, anyways, it's—it's it's, this is fantasy, right? And for kids, I mean, it definitely is a kid's movie. But it's kind of the perfect fantasy movie for kids. I mean, this came out when I was growing up. I was right about... The age of you know the actors who are in this movie, and it does just as a kid just puts you into that that dream world of how what would it be like if I could play for my for my team, and that's what um, the character gets to do in this movie. So it's just a fun movie to uh, to go through. There's a lot of funny actors in this movie. Uh, Daniel Stern, who is known for uh, being one of the the Wet Bandits from um, uh, from Home Alone, uh, he actually directed this movie, and he also plays a small a small part in this movie. And John Candy, uh, the you know the comic icon, John Candy plays the Cubs announcer. So he's a small part of the movie, but it's it's fun to see him in it as well. Uh, so Rookie of the Year, definitely one worth seeing if you haven't seen it, or if you have kids, uh, you know you're looking for a, a good. Uh, kids' movie, Rookie of the Year is is, a, is a, definitely a good one. All right, my number six movie is The Rookie. So this came out in two thousand two, starring Dennis Quaid, uh, and the the story, this story, a Texas baseball coach and teacher, uh, his name is Jimmy Morris. He makes a bet with his baseball team that if they can win the championship, he will find a major league tryout. Right, he he pitches to him every day, and he's he's throwing gas. And they're like, coach, you have to you have to go find a tryout somewhere. So he makes a bet, and of course they win the championship and he has to go try out. And unbelievably eventually makes it all the way to the major leagues through trials in the, in the minor leagues. So I you know, this is based off of a true story. This is that's one that makes this one somewhat um, we have a couple of true stories in, in this list, but I think, you know, it grounds the movie a little bit more the fact that this actually happened. Uh, you might not believe it otherwise. Uh, But it's a it's a really neat story. I I appreciate it. You know, it's there's a lot of themes in this, you know, dreams deferred or or you thought you you'd missed out on your dream and then you get another chance. Um, The fact that he's older, you know, he's in his late 30s and he's he's a dad with with, uh, you know, a job and obviously all these responsibilities with his family and, and having to go to the minor leagues and make pretty much no money. Uh, going for this dream and their support of him and, and that just push and pull of he thinks he's he has to give up on his dream again for his family. And then he ends up making it. Uh, there's just a lot of good stuff in, in this movie. It's very layered um, for being, you know, a, a Disney movie about, you mm-hmm. know, about a guy who makes it to the major league. So it's worth it. If you haven't seen this movie, it's definitely worth a look. All right, my number five movie and a lot of people would have this one higher on their list. but my number five movie is Bull Durham. This came out in 1988 starring Kevin Costner, Tim Robbins, and Susan Sarandon. Uh, most most people who love baseball have seen this movie, but I'll go ahead and go through the synopsis again. So a veteran minor league catcher who is near the end of his career is tasked with turning an immature but talented pitcher into a major leaguer. And meanwhile, there's basically a woman in the middle <laughs> of, of these two. Um, so many people would say that this is the greatest baseball movie ever. I never connected with the characters or the story as much. I appreciate the movie and I do enjoy it. Um, and maybe part of it is uh, when it came out. It's it's definitely a more adult movie than a lot of these. Um, but nevertheless i think it does a great job in showing the real nature of of the minor leagues uh the idea of i mean think of how many how many guys have been through the minor leagues and and never quite made it and you know they they say that, that minor league the minor league culture is is unique in in it's a strange world and this movie probably shows that better than any other movie has uh so there's a lot to like in this movie Um, again, I do like it. It's just not quite as high on my list as probably some people. All right. I would say these, these last four, my top four kind of separate themselves from the rest for me. Um, and meaning these are ones I can go back and watch again and again. All right. My number four movie is major league. Uh, this came out in 1989 starring Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, Corbin Burnson, um, Wesley Snipes. There's a lot of other people I can mention in this movie to great cast so the synopsis of this one the owner of the Cleveland Indians puts together what she thinks will be the worst team in baseball to force uh, the team to the, to move to Miami but the ragtag crew <laughs> comes together in the most unlikely ways to win the pennant so this movie is a great comic classic I would say not just a baseball classic but a comic classic it's a great underdog movie I think a lot of movies uh, tried to copy its formula uh, and didn't do it as well. Uh, a lot of major leaguers say that this movie uh, depicts what the clubhouse is like the you know, better than any other movie. Uh, and that seems like it would be true. Just this ragtag group. I mean, every character in this movie is very defined and very unique. And probably anyone who really likes this movie has their favorite player, their favorite character in the movie. Uh, and just one that kind of steals the show is Charlie Sheen's uh, Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn, uh, the you know the crazy young pitcher who uh, you know can't throw the ball across the plate, but can throw 100 miles an hour that sort of thing. So we know that um, Spencer Strider loves this movie because he is changing his number to 99, Ricky Vaughn's number. Um, Bob Eucher, uh, the great uh, Hall of Fame announcer for the Brewers, is also. Just This was brilliant to bring him in to be the announcer for the movie, and he adds a lot to it as well. Just a great movie, uh, one that I think you can watch again and again. All right, my number three is The Natural. Uh, this came out in 1984, starring Robert Redford, Wilford Brimley, Glenn Close, Kim Basinger. There's a lot of great actors in this movie as well. Um, so the synopsis of this one, the the greatest hitter of all time, has his career derailed before it ever gets started, before he's ever discovered. And then he shows up years later in the majors in um, in the, in his uh, probably 40s, I don't know, 30s or 40s, to triumphantly lead his team to win the pennant. Uh, this actually was a book long before it was a movie. Uh, and I'll just mention this. Um, it was originally written as a tragedy. The, the title character, Roy Hobbs, uh, the main character, um, was supposed to strike out in the end and fail um, but the movie w- was turned around to a happy ending probably because most moviegoers prefer happy endings to tragedies so um, the book is perhaps more poignant uh, whereas the movie is probably a little more enjoyable and I do love the movie I think it's incredibly well done uh, it's definitely a drama There, there's not I mean there's good baseball action it's It's beautifully shot. I love how it shows baseball of, you know, kind of that old era of 1930s baseball. And, uh, I, I do love just the look of the movie. The feel of the movie is wonderful. And the story itself is really cool too, particularly the end when Hobbs, you know, comes through. But, uh, it is, it's almost a, um, well, what's the word? I don't know. It's just kind of a legendary type of setup. You know, Roy Hobbs is almost this mythical character you have, you know, early on the tree gets hit by lightning and then his dad makes a ba- a, a baseball bat from the tree and, and he, he brings that bat with him his entire career and then it breaks right at the end. And, you know, the Wonder Boy bat, right? Um, but it's just it's just an awesome movie. Wilford, Wilford Brimley to me kind of steals the show, um, and you know he he plays the the manager, this old manager who's who's never won a pennant, never really won anything. The owner's trying to fire him, and uh, you know Roy Hobbs kind of helps him win his pennant, and uh, just a a neat uh, kind of side character in the movie. All right, my number two. We're getting down to it. So my number two movie of all time. Uh, for baseball movies, Field of Dreams. So this one was made in 1989 starring Kevin Costner, James Earl Jones, and Ray Liotta. Um, An Iowa farmer hears a voice that tells him to build a baseball diamond in the middle of a cornfield in Iowa. Um, Shoeless Joe Jackson and other ghosts of baseball show up. So that is like the weirdest synopsis of a movie ever. It doesn't seem like it would be very good, but it is good. it's kind of a uh, a mystological movie in some ways, and in some ways it almost doesn't even make sense. What? Why are these ghosts of baseball showing up in Iowa and that sort of thing? Uh, who is this voice that's that's talking to Ray, the uh, Kevin Costner's character? Uh, and a lot of that's never explained. But what the movie does, I think, so well is it captures the magic in mystery of baseball. And there's something about, for those of us who love the game, I think there's that kind of, it connects with us. Uh, There is something unique about the history of the game. And, um, you know, bringing in Shoeless Joe Jackson as this character who obviously has a lot of flaws and um, kind of bringing him back into um, the, the spotlight, if you will, of uh, America just for a little bit in this movie is is pretty unique thing to do. Um, you know, the other thing I think this movie does is it connects a, the, our adulthood to our youth, you know, and, and that happens in, in the movie with Ray that – you know, even as an adult, he's really getting back to his childhood and and his love for the game and his love for his dad, and that is connected. and And I will say that that's probably one of the reasons why Field of Dreams is number two for me. Uh, it, you know, the the end scene with Ray and his dad um, always gets to me. So you know, the the cornfield is I guess it's the cornfield. So this voice is telling Ray, if you build it, he will come. And the whole time. You know, when Shoeless Joe Jackson shows up, you think that that's what it meant, right? He will come. He was Shoeless Joe Jackson. And at the end of the movie, you realize that he was Ray's dad. And um, but yeah, there's um, I tear up pretty much every time and probably a lot of guys do when they watch that scene. The idea of, you know, just throwing catch with your dad um, is is a pretty powerful, pretty powerful thing. So uh, that is my number two. All right, my number one, The Sandlot. So this came out in 1993, and it's really just starring a bunch of kids. Um, James Earl Jones is also in this movie and makes a nice little appearance, but it's really the kids who are the stars of the show. Uh, So the synopsis is, in the summer of 1962, a new kid in town forms lasting friendships with a group of boys who play baseball at the local Sandlot every day and they must overcome their fears of a beast like dog beyond their outfield fence. (laughs) So I would say the, the reason this one is number one for me, number one, this, this movie came out at a perfect time. I was literally the same age as these kids in the movie were when it came out. So I, and I also obviously love baseball. So I just connected with this movie so well, there's an innocence to this movie. There's just a love for baseball that is tied throughout the entire movie. It's not just a game, right? It's it's a, it's more than that to these guys. It's community. It's friendship. It's all of these things wrapped into one. And I think no movie uh, more perfectly depicts the joy of baseball uh, than this movie does, than The Sandlot does. Uh, baseball, to me, is truly a kid's game. Uh, it has always been the engine of baseball has always been driven by the love of the game by kids. and I hope it's still that way. I know it was for me back in the day so so anyways i th- I think this movie shows that it's that's what it's about. And there's also just some really iconic things about this movie that just work. Uh, the story with the dog with the beast and the um the time period makes it feel. Uh, more timeless. I think if they had set the movie, you know, in the nineties and they had made it in the nineties, it wouldn't feel that way. But since they set it in the sixties, it just works no matter when you go back and watch it. Uh, they have, you know, you have some great, uh, quotes, you're killing me smalls. I still say that all the time and and I'm not even thinking about the sandlot and it's just, it's just a, you know, something you say. (laughs) Um, the story with Wendy Peppercorn always makes me laugh. Um, and, like I said, the, the movie was just perfectly timed for me when it came out. Uh, I was just that age. So you might not connect with The Sandlot as much because of that. You know, maybe you were younger, maybe you were older um, than I was, and so it didn't hit you at the right time. But I think it's a great baseball movie. Um. All right. So going back to the Braves, I did want to mention this. So I've mentioned these movies now, obviously, in my list. But let's look at. Uh, from the, the video I mentioned, some of the Braves and what their favorite baseball movie is. So AJ Minter and Dylan Lee both love The Rookie. Uh, I guess that makes sense since they were since they are uh, relief pitchers. Just kind of connects with that story a little bit more. Austin Riley and Vaughn Grissom love The Sandlot. I appreciate that. I'm I'm getting to like Vaughn Grissom more and more every time I hear him in any kind of interview. I'm like, I like this guy. I'm really hoping that he, you know, he figures things out. Um, at shortstop for the Braves, Eric Young loves 42 and the Jackie Robinson story. Uh, Tyler Matzik loves Major League, and he kind of says what says uh, what I said, you know, that it's just it depicts um, the baseball clubhouse really well. And then Brian Snicker loves Bull Durham, and Snicker has a really unique connection to Bull Durham. Uh, he was, and he mentions this in the video. He was the coach of the Durham Bulls during the filming of this movie. And um, I've also heard the, um, the rumor and I need to go back and watch the movie and see if I can catch this, that in one scene, Kevin Costner, or there's, there's a scene with the mirror and there's a baseball card stuck in the mirror of the movie or in the movie. And it is Brian Snicker, uh, which of course he never made it to the major leagues. So a baseball card of Brian Snicker from the minor leagues would be (laughs) pretty hilarious if they had that in the movie, but I got to go back and see if I can find that at some point. If, if you have the movie, go back and see if you can find it. Uh, But guys, this is my list. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this movie, this, uh, this movie, this, uh, this podcast. Uh, Before I leave you, I do want to leave you with one other thought. So, you know, going through all these movies, what's the baseball movie I wish they would make that they haven't made yet? And it would be a movie about Hank Aaron. You know, I love Hank Aaron. I think his story is incredibly um, just unique and inspiring. And, you know, his chase to Babe Ruth, hitting his 715th home run, uh, the hatred uh, that he felt that was, you know, lobbed at him time and time again, and he overcame. I just think it would be the perfect baseball movie to make. I love the true stories. I think they are Awesome and inspiring, and so I'm hoping. I mean, you could you could imagine if the right director came along and and took hold of that story, it could be amazing. So hopefully one day somebody will make that movie. But anyways, guys, that is this episode of Stay of the Braves. I hope you enjoyed going down memory lane with some of these movies. Maybe this episode helps you to think back to some of your favorite movies. Either you'll go back and watch them, or maybe there's a movie I mentioned you haven't seen that you want to go check out too so I would encourage you to do that but anyways it was good to uh, hang with you guys a little bit and next week like I said we'll get back into some spring training news and some on the field stuff so I look forward to that I'll see you then